Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Well, the Super Bowl behind us, we can start focusing on free agency and the NFL draft. And this episode, we're going to do both of those. We're going to take a look at the Rams quarterback room, quarterbacks available in free agency and the draft, and consider where the Rams need to go as far as improving that quarterback room. And yes, I'm mainly talking about the backups in the case of the Rams. And we're also going to look at someone else's mock draft, a writer from NFL.com. We'll check out what he came up with his three-round mock draft. Again, another sanity check for the mock drafts I have been posting primarily on our YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash at LA Rams Up. That's where you can follow along with some of our recent mock drafts. Not much else going on in Rams world. Raheem Morris not getting that job in Indianapolis. So kind of just waiting for an official announcement he's coming back. I don't know if we can just assume that. Some NFC West coaching news. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, takes over as the Cardinals' new head coach. He's got some work to do there. And does this sound familiar? Gannon receiving a lot of criticism from Eagle Nation for staying in the soft zone the entire Super Bowl, giving up a 10-point halftime lead and failing to get any pressure on Mahomes. Sounds a little familiar to Rams Nation, I think. And how about this? Rex Ryan has emerged as a candidate for the defensive coordinator job in Denver, working for Sean Payton. Ryan has been out of the league for six years, but he was really considered one of the great defensive minds in the NFL back in the day. And surprisingly, Ryan is only 60 years old. That surprised me. So he may be on his way back to the NFL, the always entertaining Rex Ryan. I got my final power rankings for you, just the top 10. Starting with number 10, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Number 9, the Dallas Cowboys. And some of these teams, even in the top 10, not overly impressed with. I think their teams at the Rams, if they were healthy, could probably handle. Number 8, the Baltimore Ravens, they actually gave the Bengals a pretty good game without Lamar Jackson. Got to give them credit for that. Number seven, the Jacksonville Jags, their arrow is pointing up. And number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I know the first thing you're going to ask is, how can the Chargers be ahead of the Jags? Well, because the Chargers are a better team. You can't necessarily just go by head-to-head got to look at the big picture. Plus that game the Chargers lost, that was a road game, lying to the East Coast for a playoff game, putting the hammer on the Jags for the first half, and then letting it slip away real badly. But still, I think the Chargers are a better team than the Jags. Both of these franchises have to be thrilled with the quarterback situation, that's for sure. Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. And I was Originally going to rank them higher. Bit of a dilemma here. You know, we have to take into account their quarterback situation. If Brock Purdy is healthy, 
right now and good to go, or Trey Lance has proven himself at least more than he has so far, I guess I'd have them ranked higher, but they are what they are. They're a team without a quarterback at the moment. Who knows, but I gave them the number five spot. A bit of a dilemma, and hey, I'm a Rams fan. I'm going to knock the 49ers any chance I get. That's just in my nature. Number four, the Buffalo Bills, another team that's kind of disappointing, but still a scary team, very talented. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. And why the Eagles at number three? They won their conference, but maybe they were exposed a little bit. Maybe they dominated teams through the course of this season, got ahead of them, and never really faced a lot of good teams in pressure situations. The Chiefs definitely figured them out, especially the Eagles' defense. So I actually bumped the Eagles down a spot to number three and leaping ahead of them at the final moment here as I considered these rankings, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now the Bengals' offensive line was in bad shape, but you know what? They almost beat the Chiefs, and some would say they should have beat the Chiefs, and we're going to play them in overtime in Kansas City except for that late hit. That was probably where that game was going. So I got the Bengals ahead of the Eagles. I still say the Bengals-Eagles would have been a terrific game too. And surprise, surprise, the Chiefs are my number one team. But if you take a look at these last two games, they could have easily lost both of them, helped out by that personal foul late in the Bengals game, helped out by the defensive holding call late in the Super Bowl. But got to give them credit. They may have had a little bit of help, but they made the plays, played very well, especially the second half of that Super Bowl. Their offense was crazy good. They bring home the trophy, and they are the obvious choice, my number one team. I was considering doing a who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed segment. You know, actually, I think I will. It's going to be pretty straightforward. Which fan bases are pumped? Well, we're really just talking about the Kansas City Chiefs this time of year. really comes down to that. The Super Bowl winner, their fans are pumped. And which fan bases are pissed? Well, let's start with the Eagles. I haven't talked to any Eagle fans. Don't really know a lot of Eagle fans, but I can guarantee you they are very unhappy about how their defense played in the second half. And that call that went down late in the game, I would be pissed if I were them. But I'd mostly be pissed at my defense for surrendering that lead, giving up a couple of walk-in touchdowns. Eagles fans are pissed. And I think Niners fans are pissed. They had to feel like they were the team to beat going into the playoffs in the NFC anyways. And when they rolled into Philadelphia, Niner Nation was pretty darn confident. And then it all falls apart. And not only does it fall apart, where do you go from here? What do you do about your quarterback situation? Strange time in 49er country. They're maybe half pissed, half perplexed. And another fan base that's pissed. Speaking for myself, as a Ram fan, I'm pissed. Torrey Holt is still not in the Hall of Fame. How about perplexed? Two fan bases have to be perplexed about players their team traded away and then had really productive playoffs. First is the Titans fan base with A.J. Brown. They've been stewing about this for many weeks, though. A.J. Brown's had a great season. But even more so, 
New York Giants fan base. Kadarius Toney traded to Kansas City. They received a compensatory third-round pick and a sixth-round pick in this year's draft. And then Kadarius Toney shines in the Super Bowl. That punt return and then the touchdown, a significant contribution in a Super Bowl. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm kind of scratching my head. I think New Orleans Saints fans have to be perplexed watching Sean Payton return to coaching, but in Denver, speaking of Denver, their fan base has to be really perplexed. Over these last two off-seasons, they traded a first-round pick and a second-round pick for Sean Payton, and then last year, they traded a first, second, and a fifth-rounder, plus another first and second-rounder this year, plus a tight end and a defensive end and a quarterback for Russell Wilson. And if it sounds like they gave up more picks than a team could possibly have, well, they kind of did. Some of these picks originally belonged to other teams. So they have surrendered a lot. And what do they have in return? They have a very good coach and a quarterback that I'm just not sure he really fits with this team anymore and with Sean Payton. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, it seems like an odd marriage to me. I'm not convinced it's going to work. I'm not a big fan of Russell Wilson to begin with and his style of play and where he's at in his career right now. You bring in Sean Payton. uh, I would probably be happier with Sean Payton and Drew Locke, dare I say, or Sean Payton and some other promising young quarterback than I would be with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Hey, maybe they'll prove me wrong. I would not be excited if I was a Broncos fan. All they have given up and now heading into this season, very few picks. As a Rams fan, I should know better than to even say that right. But still, they have very few picks. A great head coach has been out of the league for a little bit. And Russell Wilson. We'll be back in a second with our rundown of the Rams quarterback situation. And then after that, we'll look at a mock draft from an NFL.com writer. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Over the next several weeks, as we get closer to this free agent period and the NFL draft, I'm going to be taking a hard look at each Rams position group, assessing where they are, what changes they need to make in the next year or two, or even this season, like right now, and what the future holds for each of these position groups. And I'm going to start with quarterback. Now, Matthew Stafford is the starter this year, and... The question is, how long will he be the Rams starter? He's a $20 million cap hit this year, 
a $50 million cap hit in 2024 and 2025. If the Rams were to move away from him after this year, it'd be a $12 million cap hit in 2024 and a $24 million cap hit in 2025. Dead cap hits I'm talking about. But the 2024 cap savings would be $37.5 million. Fast forward to 2025. What if they moved away from him after two more seasons? Dead cap hit of $12 million in 2025 and 2026. And again, a $38.5 million cap savings in 2025. So I know that's a lot of numbers, but what it's telling me is Stafford will most likely be the Rams quarterback for two more years. Beyond that, I don't know. It's hard to say. Too early to say it's kind of going to be up to Matthew Stafford and his wife. And as it should be, she should have a say in this. Concerns about his health and additional concussions. I get it. The Rams are going to have to ride Matthew Stafford for the next two years. And that's a good thing, I think. I think we're still getting value for him. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC, that's for sure. What do they have after Matthew Stafford? Well, John Wolford is a restricted free agent this year. Last year, he made 895000 Can't imagine he's going to get the same amount if he comes back. I think it would be less. Bryce Perkins, an exclusive rights free agent. Last year, he made 825000 Neither of these guys really helped themselves as far as negotiating new contracts. That's for sure. But this is a deal with the Rams. You know, I've been thinking for a while that they're going to draft a backup quarterback, find a quarterback to back up Stafford or a quarterback of the future. I thought they should have done that last year. This year, I don't think doing that really helps them this year. They are going to make a playoff run. I'm convinced of that. And if they hope to do that, drafting a quarterback really isn't going to help that cause. They need somebody that can step in for Stafford now this year if he were to go down a few games. And and I just don't see the Rams using one of those draft picks for a quarterback. Maybe in the seventh round, I suppose. If they see someone they really like or if one of these better guys slips a little bit, I'll talk about them in a second. But I don't know. I think the Rams are going to ride Stafford and they need to find a backup, a viable backup that can really come in for him and win a few games. Who are those viable free agent backup quarterbacks, the potential backups to Stafford? Well, I got five guys here for you. The obvious one is Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's going to take the Rams to the Super Bowl if Stafford were to go down for the year at some point, but he could step in and win a few games. He's going to cost about $6.5 million, I'm guessing, and it might be a good investment. Perhaps a better investment, and I'm surprised I haven't heard more, more talk about Sam Darnold. He'll be a little less expensive than Mayfield. I think Darnold would be a better choice if you need someone to come in and win three or four games for you over a five-week period, something like that. I'd roll with Darnold in a heartbeat. Andy Dalton, he's proved he can win in this league. He doesn't get you real excited. I get it. But, you know, he can come in and play some really good football for a short period of time in Sean McVay's system, and he will probably cost 6 to $7 million, though. So can the Rams afford that? 
going to take some restructuring for sure. And then there's Mike White and Gardner Minshew, maybe a little less proven, but they would both be a step up from John Wolford and Bryce Perkins, that's for sure. Now, there's a few guys I didn't mention that are probably not going to end up being available or will be too expensive. Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. And surprisingly, according to Spot Track, the market value for Taylor Heineke is going to be a lot more than you think. And I think that takes him off the board for the Rams, although I think he'd be a good choice. Now, I still think it's possible they could draft a quarterback late. The more I think about it, doesn't make a lot of sense, though. Is that going to help them win this year? And that's what they need. What's going to help them win this year? Spending a seventh-round pick on even a punter would help them more than drafting a backup quarterback. That's the point I'm trying to make here. But there are some guys here, three guys, all from California universities, coincidentally. Jake Hayner of Fresno State. He was the MVP of the Senior Bowl, so he's pumping up his value a little bit. Less likely that he's going to be there in the sixth round, something like that, when the Rams could grab him. He's going to go a little bit earlier. But he's the one guy I would see the Rams potentially using, let's say, a fifth-round pick on. But again, at this point, his value is skyrocketing. He may not be there. Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. He would probably last to the seventh round and maybe go undrafted. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that can come in and be your backup quarterback, but he'd be a great third-string guy, emergency-type quarterback, and just move on from Perkins and Wolford altogether. And then there's another guy, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. I see him projected around the fifth round at this point. But he's been climbing draft boards, too. He's got a next-level arm, 6'6", 230. If he puts it all together at the combine and his pro day, he could actually elevate his draft status even more above the fifth round, possibly. But if he's there in the fifth or sixth round, Rams may take a shot at him. I could see that. There's probably some other guys I'm missing here that Sean McVay has an eye on late. But again, the most important thing is spend a little bit of money and find a viable backup quarterback that can come in and win a handful of games if needed to keep us in playoff contention. That's what the Rams need to do. Next time, we will talk about the Rams running back room. We've already gotten pretty heavily into NFL draft content, and that's going to continue between now and the NFL draft. We'll be covering a lot of other stuff too, of course, including just a real hard look at each of the Rams position groups. But last week we looked at someone else's mock draft, kind of a sanity check for my mock drafts. Last week it was Luke Easterling of USA Today Draft Wire. This week, I'm going to take a look at Chad Reuter's three-round mock draft. He's a writer for NFL.com, very well-respected guy, especially when it comes to the draft. And we're going to run through his picks, not every pick, but kind of how his draft flowed and what direction he had the Rams going. So let's get into his three-round mock draft. Rams didn't have a pick in the first round, obviously, but 
Reuter had six edge rushers going, four quarterbacks, five cornerbacks, five offensive linemen, and two defensive linemen. Now, as I've mentioned several times, this draft is loaded with tight ends and running backs, but only two tight ends went in Reuter's first round, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah and Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, and only one running back, the clear top choice, Bijan Robinson. So the Rams were up in the second round, and early in the second round, Luke Musgrave, the great tight end out of Oregon State, Siaka Aika, the defensive lineman, and two offensive linemen, Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright, come off the board. And the Rams are up, and Reuter has them selecting Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. He's a guy that is a little undersized, but reading a little bit more about him, that doesn't seem to be a big concern with a lot of evaluators. He's 6'3", 235, but as they say, he plays much bigger, very strong and athletic, and he actually performs really good against the run. He also had 17 quarterback pressures this last year, playing for the national champions, Georgia. A 74.5 pass rushing grade, according to Pro Football Focus. And they even go as far as to say that run defense is a specialty. So you're getting an edge guy that can really excel against the run despite his size. So I've been looking at his measurables, his size, and that concerned me. But I didn't do a deeper dive, and I should have. And if this information is correct, Nolan Smith is a great selection for the Rams. I think edge is an obvious position of need. If you can get value to match the need, that's the ideal situation in the NFL draft. So Reuter nailed this one, I think. In a lot of the drafts I've been doing, Nolan Smith is off the board just before the Rams pick. In this case, he's there and the Rams select him. Soon after the Rams pick, that giant tight end Darnell Washington comes off the board. Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback out of Miami. That's another guy I like. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Clemson. My special assistant highlighted him as a wide receiver he really likes. Mazzie Smith, the defensive lineman, goes 42 overall. And John Michael Schmitz, the center everybody loves, goes 43 overall. After that, the cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes. I'm not calling out every pick, just the picks that I had the Rams maybe eyeballing in the second or third round. Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland. Zach Charbonnet is the second running back overall to go off the board. He's out of UCLA, the jack of all trades. And then Tucker Craft, the tight end out of South Dakota State. B.J. Ojulari, the edge rusher out of LSU. I had him selected in one of my mocks. He lasts until number 61 overall in Reuters draft. And then we finally get into the third round. Felix Anaduke Uzama is drafted number 65 overall. And then finally, it's the Rams' turn to draft their second pick in the third round. And this is where Reuters goes a little sideways, in my opinion. He has them selecting the safety, J.L. Skinner, out of Boise State. No, I do not see that happening. The initial reaction is the Rams need to replace Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott, and that may be true. But they have three safeties in hand, Quentin Lake, Jordan Fuller, and Russ Yeast, and the Rams have a history of drafting safeties later. 
I just don't think safety is a position that's high on the Rand's priority list. Now, that could change depending on what happens with free agency, but I think Reuters missed the mark on this one. Rams aren't going safety in the third round, unless they're just in love with this guy. But hey, there's a lot of players at positions of need, of greater need, that they're probably in love with as well. Who was still on the board when Reuters had them selecting Skinner? Tajay Spears, the running back out of Tulane. Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. Kelly, the cornerback out of Stanford. And perhaps best of all, the guy I might have selected, Garrett Williams, the cornerback out of Syracuse. Yes, he was still on the board in the third round. But overall, I think Reuters' draft is reasonable. I just think he missed it as far as the Rams go in the third round. Give him credit for not having them select an offensive lineman. I know a lot of you probably disagree with me on that, but that's okay. And my most recent mock draft, my mock draft number 13, which I shared the other night. This is the fifth in the series of six mock drafts, that experiment I've been doing, trying three different position groups, mixing up the order every time. I had the Rams selecting an edge rusher as well, but it was Ojolari out of LSU. Smith was off the board. And then at number 69 overall, the cornerback, Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford, no to the safety, yes to the cornerback. And then Luke Schoenmaker, the great blocking tight end out of Michigan in the fifth round. And also in the fifth round, Kobe Turner, the defensive lineman out of Wake Forest. I know this has probably been an overload of draft data, too many names, too many mock drafts, but we get through this interview with Jason Bailey of the South End Zone podcast we're going to nail it down a little bit better, maybe eliminate some of these players that I have been considering, and then we'll get into some real serious, some really good mock drafts. And it'll get even better when we find out which comp picks the Rams actually have when those get awarded. And that could come pretty soon. It'll probably be the second week of March would be my guess when we learn who gets comp picks and which ones they get. Lance Zerline still expecting the Rams to get two in round five, one in round six, and one in round seven for a total of 10 picks. But I have seen a projection where the Rams get a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick rather than the two fifth rounders. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama.